once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanuda, Papanuda.com in Omaha, Nebraska. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and special co-host, Mama E of PuncherDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Ms. Athena of GothamPuncher.com in New York City, bringing us today's topic on Mediterranean folk magic. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection. Using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, tantra, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Mama E. Miss Cat? Hi, Papa Newt. Thanks for that uh, warm welcome and seamless swapping out of our absent co-host, Contraman Ali, who is at a conference, and he could not get away in time. And Mama E is joining us as co-host, and I'm so, so glad she is, because this topic that we're going to be talking about this week is one that she knows quite a bit about as well. So, um, as usual, I'm going to try to catch people up with what's going on at the shop. I think we just set a new record today for the number of human beings crammed into the shop in one minute. I mean, it was it was pretty intense. They just kept on coming in pairs, triplicities, and quadruplicities. Um, the door just kept on opening, and more people kept on coming in. I think they're finally all being served, but I've never seen that many people in the shop in one day. And we know why. It's because of that wonderful article about us in the Santa Rosa Press Democrat a couple of weeks ago. Our um, Facebook uh, followers took a like a huge jump. I mean, just like you know, like hundreds of people joined uh, and followed the shop because of that. So. Belated again, thanks to the Santa Rosa Press Democrats. You really did us good, and we're very happy. But, my Lord, many of these people walk in and they go, oh, it's smaller than I thought. Yep, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all jostling side to side. Um, we've had to actually send some of the lab workers outdoors to work at the picnic tables because there isn't enough room in the shop for anybody to work. So it's been a fun day. Um, I love it when it happens like that. Everyone's had a good temper, and all the people who've come in shopping have been very happy. So it's just been a good, good group. And today was the day I was able to teach Max Jones, our summer intern, and she's been a summer intern in the past. I was able to give her a candle dressing lesson, and she is going to be taking uh, my apprenticeship, and as I understand it, this apprenticeship is going to run from August 12th to August 16th, and if you are under the sound of my voice and you are a graduate of the Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course and you want to take the week one apprenticeship, which is herbs and candles and special washes and waters with lectures and making things, 
please contact the shop and let Leslie know you want to attend. Max will be attending, but she got a little jump on everybody by getting her candle dressing lesson first because with 100 people in the shop, we needed another candle dresser right then. And she's a bright study and a, a, a lovely, lovely young woman. That's all the news from around here, I guess, except for that I've been working on, I think, three books at once now. I'm juggling typesetting for three books. But we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date on that when I get a little farther down those projects. So, without any further ado, let me let me welcome my co-host du jour, Mama E. Hi, Mama E. Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm very happy Hi. to be here with all of you. Um, this is wonderful. I'm I'm just uh, hoping to do justice to Conjurmana Lee because he is <laughs> definitely <laughs> one person I really admire. So um, I'm very glad to be here with all of you. Well, tell us what's happening down in L.A. This is your moment to tell us what's happening at the uh, at, at the um, ConjureDoctor.com and tell us what's happening at the Santeria Church of the Orishas, both. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, at um, Dr. E. Products Legacy, which is the mm-hmm. ConjureDoctor.com um, store, we have been spending, uh, it's interesting, we, uh, we have been rearranging a lot of things around. This has been a week of uh, movement and, uh, and improvement. Uh, we mm-hmm. have come up with uh, better and more efficient systems of doing things. You know, as the business grows, what was useful a year ago is now become uh, obsolete. So uh, the staff and I have been working on things and rearranging and new systems. So that has been very helpful uh, with all of us. And there are several new uh, lines and products that I am thinking of uh, starting this year. So the, those would be coming up in the in the near future. Um, as far as Santeria Church of the Orishas, which was my son, uh, Dr. E's, uh lovely uh, project as it began, uh, it has become a, quite an educational tool for many, many people that want to learn about their religion. And uh, uh, they contact me. Now, I am uh, a, a priestess, an Oshun priestess, but in all honesty, I don't have time to be having any godchildren. So um, there's a, a very there's a couple of good groups of um, Lukumi practitioners here in Los Angeles, and I refer anyone that is interested to them. I trust them with my life, and uh, they are the people that I uh, share, um, you know, events with uh, Santeria or Lukumi events with. So, uh, but we're doing great. We have a, a line of uh, Lukumi candles that people mm-hmm. can order, and we um, we educate them when they do their orders because a lot of people just ask, for example, for Ochun to bring me love and uh, Yemaya to bring me children, but they don't know what it entails as far as you have to thank these Orishas in a specific manner. So when we do our reports, our candle reports, we educate them, and I many times link them to the uh, Santeria Church so they can go and learn more about uh, what it's all about. But aside from that, today is a beautiful day, thank goodness, and uh, we had the June gloom uh, at <laughs> full, full force, which I actually like myself, but 
mm-hmm. today the sun is out and it's a beautiful day and you know here we are uh, at the uh, Lucky Mojo radio show with all of you mm-hmm. so uh, yes yeah. so everything is well, that's, going thank well thank you very much for keeping me up to date on that um that that it's you know there was that moment when when Dr. E passed about what was going to happen mm-hmm. to the church and I'm so glad but, the church is still functioning for outreach yeah. for educating people and uh, doing candle services in the Lucumi mm-hmm. tradition mm-hmm. and then if people do wish to be initiated you have um allies yeah. colleagues yeah. who will do the initiation yeah. and become the godparents yeah. what a wonderful Most thing definitely. thanks thanks for sharing that sweetheart yeah. I, I i'm glad to know that because that means i can tell that to other people i didn't know yeah. but that's what you were doing thank you <laughs> all righty yeah. well today we have a guest with us and our guest is miss athena now i'm going to just talk a little bit about miss athena and then i'm going to bring her on um but miss athena is a wonderful member of our uh, team of colleagues. She is an administrator of the Lucky Mojo Forum. She is a root worker in and of herself. She is a member of AIR, and she is has been one of the most helpful people I've known. I mean, she's just uh, gives and, and does so much. So if you don't know Miss Athena, I would like you to become familiar with her. Go look her up on air. Looks like Papa Newt posted the URL there. And um, look her up on air or look her up at her own site. She is um, uh, a good friend, a good person, a good counselor. So without any more, let me say hi, Miss Athena. Welcome to the show. Wow. Well, thank you so much for such a wonderful introduction. I, I feel humbled, and, and my cheeks are a little red right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was very sweet of you. I appreciate that. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, well, it's unusual to find a person who is as kind, gifted, and also technologically talented. <laughs> you, well, the latter has been challenged a bit of late, but uh, yes, thank you. I appreciate all of that. Yeah, well, you do really good. Well, our thank topic you. today is um, we're going to bring our topic on, and she's going to talk about it, but I'm going to introduce it as I always do. Our topic is Mediterranean folk magic. Now, Mediterranean is an interesting word because if you ever look at a map, there's there's the upper part, there's the bottom part, and then there's the eastern or right-hand part of the Mediterranean. Plus, there's all these islands in the middle of it. So this encompasses quite an area. But there is a similarity between all the parts of the Mediterranean because of ancient ship and boat traffic. People can easily get on a little boat and go from one end of the Mediterranean to the other. For instance, just as an example, it's quite well believed and and um, said that in France um, that um, – Mary and Martha and maybe even Jesus and certainly Joseph of Arimathea all got on a boat and went to France. It's not impossible that someone would go from Israel to France. It's easy enough to do. Um, so there are there are parts of Mediterranean magic that are what we would call Celtic. And these began in really in Greece, and then the Celtic people kind of went, just basically hugged the coast of the Mediterranean all the way up around Italy, and then they came all the way down around Sicily, and they went back up around Italy, and they went around France, and and they end up over in England and Ireland, and they're the Celtic people, and in France, and they're up in northern France, and they're the Celts. 
And we know that they made this journey because they left little carvings in the rocks that kind of marked like Kilroy was here, Celts were here. Then there are the North Africans. Well, the North Africans, of course, were Africans. And so, but over the years, because the Mediterranean was so easy to sail across, other people began to come in and move into the northern part of Africa as boat traffic came up. So we have um, the uh, what we would call mingled people of um, Morocco and and uh, you know Libya and Egypt and stuff, where people are a mixture of Middle Eastern and African mm-hmm. and even European. And this mingling is still going on. We have, for instance, the Berber people who had an they were an inherent native group um, living in in you know what's now Algeria, Morocco, whatever, and then Jews showed up. Why did Jews show up? Because Jews got kicked out of Israel and they end up over there. So then a bunch of Berbers converted to Judaism. Well, then a big wave of Christians comes in. Oh, now the Berbers are there's Christian Berbers, and meanwhile there's the Arabs move in, and, and now they're bringing Islam, and now there's. Um, Islamic Berbers. And so this is a group of people that cannot be defined by their religion, but can be defined by their DNA and their culture. And they're going to put a different spin on each of those religions and the folk magics of those religions by being who they were, Berbers. And, um, the the you know, we think of Mediterranean magic as being classically pagan, so classically Greek, classically Roman, mm-hmm. pre-Christian. But Jewish Folk magic is also Mediterranean, and there was um, a lot of Jews. For instance, Sicily at one point was one-third to one-half Jewish, um, partly because Queen Isabella kicked them out of Spain, which is also partly Mediterranean, (laughs) and Portugal. Mm -hmm. So there's Iberian Mediterranean, there's Italian, there's North Italian, which kind of verges on Germanic. There's Southern France, which is its own little culture. And then definitely uh, Sardinia, Malta, Greece, Turkey. It's a big world. So having said that, I'm going to turn this over to Athena, and she's going to talk about the broad scale of Mediterranean magic. Okay? Take it away, Athena. Well, goodness, yeah, there's so much cross-pollination among all these cultures. You know, certainly trade with ships and everything like that uh, played a role in in bringing people from one place to another and depositing their own uh, traditions and picking up others and carrying them forward. Uh, The focus that I've spent uh, most of my research when it comes to Mediterranean magic has been on the eastern side, looking at the classical civilizations of Greece and Rome and Egypt and uh, Turkey. You know, many of these cultures uh, conquered each other, and throughout antiquity, they were constantly in each other's pockets, in each other's lives, in each other's societies, and a lot Mm -hmm. of the magical traditions that may have originated in ancient Egypt, for example, then got taken to Greece and refined and then moved into Rome and Turkey and refined, and they picked up traditions from each other along the way. So in looking at these cultures, so many of their magical traditions are very, very similar, um, but tend to put a little bit of a twist on what came before it. And so I've been particularly fascinated with antiquity when it comes to the Mediterranean, um, because we may think of Mediterranean magic and and certainly magic from the classical age as being something that's done by people who came before us and it's now long since forgotten or abandoned. But it really has not been. There's so many traditions that have been adhered to over the years and so many things that exist today 
that allow us to tap into these traditions pretty much on a daily basis without even knowing it. Uh, and it's literally all around us, and, and a lot of it survives in the form of superstition that we may all be familiar with, like black cats crossing your path. That was first reported and recorded in ancient Greece as a belief in cats being a, per, uh, a sort of a harbinger of ill will and bad news, walking under ladders that comes to us from ancient Egypt where the triangle was revered as a symbol of the gods and a ladder standing next to a wall formed a triangle and walking under it was just considered an act of defilement and uh, and brought about bad luck you know throwing spilled salt over your shoulder comes to us okay. uh, from many cultures but it was particularly um, relevant in ancient Rome where salt was a major commodity, a very expensive commodity and in fact Roman soldiers were paid a salt stipend called a salarium, which is where we get the word salary. So spilling it was considered, you know, a very bad move to make and an act of aggression against the gods because salt was seen as coming from the gods. So once again, you know, these little these little superstitions that we do today that we don't even think about or, uh, you know, may regard as kind of silly and, and a bit of um, folklore really have their traditions in some deep magic. Carrying uh, a groom carrying his bride over a threshold is considered an act of folk magic because in ancient Rome it was believed that evil spirits lived beneath the uh, threshold of a home, and mm -hmm. so the groom was protecting his bride from that evil attack. Uh, you know, so many of these are about protection from evil spirits, and that's one of the three main areas of ancient Mediterranean folk magic that have uh, really persisted through the ages. The other two that we know of are cursing and love, and we can talk about that in a moment. But the behavior of superstition in the Mediterranean is really a bit of uh, the, the, the remnants of ancient magic. And, in fact, the modern Greek word for superstition is desidemonia, and I challenge mm. anyone to put that in the chat room. It actually, I'll put it in the chat room for you. It means fear of demons. That is the word for superstition is actually fear of demons. Mm -hmm. So the belief that there was an evil spirit just waiting to pounce and attack is something that we've seen in all of these ancient Mediterranean cultures, and that belief persists today. Um, there's an awful lot of spells for protection that have been unearthed in the magical papyri of ancient Greece and Egypt, they are now sitting in museums across Europe. You know, look them up. I've got books here on the translations of some of those magical papyri, and, and it is fascinating. They date back to the 6th century B.C., and you might actually be practicing one of these ancient acts right now. So I'm going to ask, how many of our listeners today are wearing a pair of earrings? Mm -hmm. I know I am. <laughs> and mm -hmm. earrings... You know, choosing a nice pair, you know, that shine in the light and sparkle. You probably picked them because you thought they were pretty and they looked nice on you. But you're actually carrying on a magical tradition that goes back thousands of years. Earrings were brought to us by the ancient Egyptians as amulets to deflect evil spirits from entering the body. Because it was believed they would capture the soul. They believed that the ear in particular was a very vulnerable organ for spirit intrusion. And so they mm. crafted earrings to deflect and distract the evil spirit from their task. They even consulted powerful magicians in their community to ensure that they were wearing the most effective designs. 
So what we think about as cosmetics today is actually an act of apotropaic magic. And in Italy today, I know many folk magic practitioners in Italy today especially uh, advise gold and coral earrings to do this job Mm -hmm. because they still believe that earrings Mm -hmm. will deflect an evil spirit. So if you go to a jewelry store in Italy, you'll see a lot of gold and coral on display Mm -hmm. as earrings. Yeah, so, you know, these traditions are carried on, and a lot of the ancient ones that are particularly violent in the cursing and especially in the love drawing, um, we could really call it love cursing. If you think of the intranquil spirit, that was how the ancient Greeks Mm -hmm. used love magic. It was very violent. Mm -hmm. It was all about subjugation of your target. You know, we've moved mm-hmm. away from that, and 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 the last uh, the last few generations of Greeks are a bit kinder towards their love interests, and they tend to use herbal magic in cooking, and this is also mm-hmm. drawing from ancient history. If you look at some of the ancient recipe books in the Mediterranean, in Greece in particular, there was an awful lot of use of cinnamon in cooking, mm-hmm. not just in desserts, but in cooking. And it was believed, you know, women would use this to keep their men faithful. And mm-hmm. for women, and, I've got to, you know, I've got, to, oh, I've got to jump in on the cinnamon. I've just got yes. to jump in. Among the Jews, at the beginning of the New Year, which is called Rosh Hashanah, the women mm-hmm. make a pot roast, and it mm-hmm. is totally um, flavored with cinnamon all over it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 amazing how this tradition has maintained itself over the years and centuries even. Um, cinnamon was women tapped into it. It was associated with Aphrodite, and it mm-hmm. was a, men, a mm-hmm. means of keeping their men faithful, which was as mm-hmm. much an economic pursuit as a religious uh, or um, romantic pursuit for women because their entire survival depended on their marital status and their their status in community. So they kept men faithful, and they did it through cooking. And cinnamon was one of the main ingredients in so many ancient recipes. And even today, if you go to Greece or if you go to any Greek restaurant and you order a dish that's like a tomato sauce dish or, you know, mm-hmm. moussaka or pasticcio, mm-hmm. anything that has tomato sauce – it will be flavored with cinnamon. I defy you to find a single tomato sauce recipe in Greece that still does not have cinnamon as its primary ingredient next to the tomatoes. And so it's continuing. And whether you know anybody believes that they're still carrying on that specific tradition of love drawing and love protecting, it's, it's irrelevant. The fact that this is still a cultural phenomenon that exists in that, in that part of the world, and mm-hmm. they've not abandoned it. So we can find little sort of breadcrumbs like this throughout history from antiquity to today where the ancient magic of of the Mediterranean, the eastern Mediterranean in particular, is still very alive and well today. Um, All right. Well, I'm I'm going to throw in something else because you did not mention it, and that is the evil eye belief. Yes, that's that's coming. So the evil eye belief is... (laughs) The evil eye belief seems to have begun in the ancient Middle East, um, mm-hmm. but it, but of course there are ports on the Mediterranean, and you can mm-hmm. really find the evil eye belief spreading um, just historically around the Mediterranean. It's an idea that started. Uh, you can you can find it referred to, for instance, in the old Jewish. Bible, the Tanakh, mm-hmm. it's there it's mentioned. And of course we know that the ancient Egyptians had eye charms and so mm-hmm. forth. 
But um, Greece and Turkey are particularly known for their evil eye charms, those blue eye charms. And um, Dr. Sweets in the um, in the chat room says, I've seen earrings that are like the blue eye pendants that boys are now wearing mm-hmm. um, as to protect yeah. against evil. Um, and um, the... The blue eye charms are very much associated with Greece, but in other places, different charms were used against mm-hmm. the evil eye. And mm-hmm. in um, Italy, for instance, you would have the corno or horn charm, and often made of coral, mm-hmm. red coral. Mm-hmm. And there's right. two major threads of evil eye belief, the thread that's the red thread version, and there's the blue eye version. And they exist cooperatively in some societies, like um, Jews will both use a red thread and a blue eye. Um, and then in some places it will be a hand, a downward-pointing hand called the mm-hmm. hamsa, and you'll find mm-hmm. um, Muslims using that and Jews as well, and it might mm-hmm. have a little eye in it. Um, so, um, but it's, yeah, red thread, blue eye, that is that is sort of the evil eye. But there are places where other things have substituted. For instance, mm-hmm. in the Balkans, they they will use a red match head. <laughs> it's sort of like, mm-hmm. okay, that was that's what they got, you know. So um, these ideas, the idea of the evil eye is the idea that someone can project jealousy and cause you to uh, suffer. And um, the the things that are used against the evil eye might be things that are shaped like an eye, like a lemon, grows all around the Mediterranean. And also Mm -hmm. you might find the wearing of protective amulets, making protective gestures. How about you, Mama E? I know that you come from a Spanish-Cuban background. Right. So now we're talking about how the Mediterranean got carried to the Caribbean. Well, in the Caribbean, we use um, the coral with uh, jet, with black Mm -hmm. jet. So Mm -hmm. uh, when babies are born, usually it's traditional to give them a little, uh, a little bracelet or a pin that has a, a little round jet and a little um, coral, mm-hmm. and um, and that's to keep the evil eye away. Yes. Yeah. So now that, this yeah, red, with this red coral is interesting because now it's pretty much an endangered species, but red coral was one of the Mediterranean's primary trade products in ancient times. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. red coral was used almost exclusively for jewelry and amulets. Um, it it was very highly priced. And the blood coral, which is the blood red coral, was more highly prized mm-hmm. than, say, the pink. And mm-hmm. um, this uh, coral was sacred, depending on what culture in, the, the blood coral might be sacred to Isis, might be sacred to Venus, might be sacred to Aphrodite, whatever. The blood coral always is associated with a female deity because of the connection with menstrual blood. And mm. uh, one of the major protections against the evil eye, and, and Papa Newt pointed this out when he put Wet and Dry the Evil Eye by Alan Dundies. Alan Dundies wrote mm. this incredible essay that just blows the whole evil eye thing completely open to the world and anyone who reads that article wet and dry the evil eye will understand that the evil eye is a is a um a dryness curse and it it um it manifests by by tears diarrhea and um 
anything that will dry up a person. Diarrhea will cause a baby to die by becoming dehydrated. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, they're so wet, mm-hmm. but no, it's actually dehydration. And um, yeah. so the so the um, idea of refreshing wetness is important. So one of the effects of the evil eye could be to cause the penis to shrivel and no longer emit semen. And mm-hmm. so the cure for that is to put the penis in the vagina. And what better time than when the vagina itself is producing excess wetness of menstrual blood and therefore the mm. idea of these red charms and the idea of the 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 hand gesture manifico, which is where the thumb goes between the index finger and the middle finger, and that is the protection of the penis in the vulva. And I've seen these carved out of jet. This goes back to what what Mama E says, mm-hmm. and you'll yeah. see them carved out of jet. And that's to protect mm-hmm. um, the penis. Now, uh, uh, Sheba points out in the thing in Thailand where mm-hmm. the protective charm, uh, the palad keek, but yes, but they don't they don't bury it in the in the vagina. You know what I'm saying? They're just mm-hmm. here it is. It's a penis we're protecting. But it's related. It's similar, yeah. and there are similar ideas. But um, the idea of the lapis stone which is ancient mm-hmm. Egyptian. And, of course, many of the lapis stones come from Afghanistan, and there was a great trade in them. But the lapis um, is the blue eye. That's the, what gives rise to the blue glass mm-hmm. eye. Okay? Mm-hmm. So these things are very ancient, very ancient. Um, and still very much today, because you, can, you can't yes. go anywhere in the Mediterranean and, and not see them. And it's, it's definitely a firm belief. It's, these are not just tourist tokens that are on display right. and for sale, they are used very, very much by Mediterranean peoples. I came across a study, a cross-cultural study from the 80s, that said that one-third of the cultures of the world believe in the evil eye. But mm-hmm. when we look at the Mediterranean, the practice and the belief in the evil eye, it's over two-thirds of the people in the Mediterranean believe that it is real. Mm-hmm. And you'll have up to a third of all homes have an amulet in their home, for protection or some form of protection against the evil eye, against evil energy, um, just to keep them safe. We have a practice in the Mediterranean, and you've probably seen this in movies and if you've come across Greek people, where we tend to spit on other people. And Mm -hmm. from the outside, it looks like, God, what are you doing? (laughs) But we are actually protecting people. If if somebody says, oh, you look wonderful today, and then they they immediately follow that (laughs) compliment up with spitting on that person three times to protect them against having accidentally given them the evil eye by complimenting them. And Mm -hmm. we're not actually spitting huge gobs of saliva on people. It's really, you know, just a a gesture like, you know, mm-hmm. that if you compliment somebody, I, I, I've i been spit on more times as a child than I had hot dinners. And mm-hmm. it, it is a practice, and it's a protective thing. And the interesting thing is it's even adopted by the Greek Orthodox Church, which mm-hmm. is extremely slow to change on anything. And when I baptized my godson, the priest had me spit three times towards the direction of the front door of the church. And mm-hmm. I later said, what was that all about? He's like, you're protecting the child again. You know, I spit on the baby mm-hmm. and then spit mm-hmm. against the door. And you're protecting the child from, from any evil eye. And mm-hmm. you're protecting the church from the entrance of the devil who's waiting outside to capture that baby's soul. And it sounds like right. folklore, but this is the Greek Orthodox Church speaking. So mm-hmm. they believe mm-hmm. very much that, that this is not a yeah. superstition, that the evil eye is a very real thing. Um, we also right. use garlic a lot as a, an amulet against the evil eye. My grandmother, who taught me magic when I was a child, 
uh, when I was sick, she would give me tea with ouzo in it, which was always great. But she would also then insist that I swallow a clove of garlic. And she kept saying it will protect you. And I thought she meant medicinally. And later when I grew up, she was explaining that that is an amulet we use against the evil eye, against any evil interference. So uh, if you are not amenable to spitting on somebody, or spitting on yourself, if somebody should compliment you, then what we do as an alternative is we just whisper skorda under our breath. Skorda is garlic in Greek. And so if you wow. give yourself a bit of garlic, and that, that, that's a, a little thing that we do. And now, i got to jump in again. i got to jump in again. So yeah. you mentioned spitting. In um, Eastern um, Jews, particularly more Russian Jews and uh, Hungarian and so forth, will spit, and they go pep pep pep. But they so they're just yeah. mouthing a spit. Um, uh-huh. In in my family, mm-hmm. it would be more common to, to lick your finger and then rub it on the child rather than to oh. f- actually spit. And you would rub it on the child, and that would take it away. My so-called Sicilian grandmother, who I found out from DNA, was a mix of Portuguese, Spanish, Berber. Greek, Turkish, I don't know what, mostly <laughs> North African, whatever. But anyway, she always kept a braid of garlic in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if if something happened in the house that was not to her liking, she would kiss her finger, like all like her four fingers, kiss her fingers and touch the braid of garlic. Mm-hmm. And she would mm-hmm. sometimes say, I'm going to cook with garlic tonight. Mm-hmm. And so this was to to, to give the, the curse to the garlic by kissing it's again the spit thing. She kisses the, the fingers, transmits the garlic. Garlic will now take the curse. And um, this is, yeah, these are these are regional, local, fantastic um, things that that everyone knows who's Mediterranean. My grandmother also made a charm, which when we moved into a new house, she insisted we put over the door. And my father, who was a bit of a skeptic, was you know not so happy about it. My mother found it charming. Uh, she took a, a lemon. And she put nine nails through it, and then one of the nails that went up and down, she hammered into the uh, wood so that it actually was there. And she said, just let it dry up there, and no witches can come into the house. And the witches was the American word she used. And um, mm-hmm. and by that, she did not mean neo-pagan ladies. Um, and and um, But the eye, the lemon looks like an eye. And she said, and she told my mother, but of course in the old country this would have been nine horseshoe nails. Mm-hmm. But we don't have horseshoe nails, yeah. so she just got nine regular yeah. nails. Mm-hmm. Well, the horseshoe nails comes out of the horseshoe, and the horseshoe, mm-hmm. when hung facing downward, is mm-hmm. a vulva image and right. is um, an old sacred protection against evil entering the home. When placed upward, as it is mm-hmm. in North uh, Western mm-hmm. Europe, it is to collect luck. But in yeah. the Mediterranean, the horseshoe usually goes down to protect right. the uh, so anyone who enters must enter under the protection of the goddess. Basically, the goddess's vulva mm-hmm. protects the home. Basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in my mother, in my grandmother's family, the eye was what was being uh, guarded against, yeah. and the horseshoe nails were part of the guarding. Right. Um, mm. Yeah, there's well, a. There we is... have an eye on the front door. I'll tell you that much. We mm-hmm. have one of those, yeah, evil eye protections in the front door of the business. And I got jewelry that I can, you can buy it anywhere now with the evil eye sign. I mean, mm-hmm. anywhere, any store you go. And uh, I wear it all the time, just in case, 
you never know. Mm-hmm. Well, I another one that I remember from when I was a kid, <clears throat> kicking around Sicily when I was a child, um, the little fishing boats, these were the little you know rowing-type boats, not the big things, they had eyes painted on the front. <clears throat> and so mm-hmm. the boat... The boat is a vulva shape, <coughs> as you know, mm-hmm. and the eyes on it were to, um, so that the boat could find its way in the dark, but the eyes were also to reflect back any jealousy of another fisherman who might enter Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was even an airline in Turkey uh, that that's now defunct, um, so maybe this is not a great analogy, but they had a big <laughs> evil eye charm painted on the tail fin. It was called Fly Air, and wow. it was painted on a tail fin of a Turkish airline. It was massive, and, of course, wow. they went out of business, so maybe it wasn't big enough, but they uh, <laughs> they believed they in it, fell, and it was huh? emblematic. The planes yeah. never crashed. That's the thing. No, no crashes. No, no, it was a business <laughs> okay. issue to fold. But but, th- okay. this, but you're right about the boats. You see this all over. You know, the eye is there. It's it's meant to, you know, the deflection of the evil eye against jealousy of other fishermen, against anything that might interfere with that sh- that fisherman's ability to go about his business successfully. And the eye, you know, goes back, look, look at the eye of Horus in mm-hmm, ancient mm-hmm. Egypt. You know, it was a similar kind of thing. You know, the eye, the seeing you know, as if to say, I see what you're doing, and you can't get away with it. So it was mm-hmm, reflecting mm-hmm. back what was transmitted through the eye, because curses were believed to come through the eye, intentionally or not. Right. And uh, and and it was it was a powerful symbol, and it's all over, all over the Mediterranean. Yeah, I I um, I purposely didn't talk about the evil eye because I thought we would have a whole segment on that because that's that's a <laughs> mess. It's the most enduring of the ancient folk yeah. magic traditions anywhere in the Mediterranean. Yeah. And, and I have one more wonderful. thing to throw up, which in in mm. the uh, in the chant log, I'm just going to post this. Dittany of Crete, <clears throat> when talking mm-hmm. about um, uh, Mediterranean food magic, Dittany of Crete is a form of oregano that's woolly that only grows on Crete naturally. <laughs> and the women of Crete were thought to be these incredible sorceresses who could lure any <laughs> men and entrap them by serving them mm-hmm. food uh, dressed with Dittany of Crete. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk we can about that return to this. I can, we mm-hmm. can we can do Mediterranean magic take two because yeah, there's plenty sure. we haven't touched on yet. Oh sure. All right. Okay. So and Rue, my God, we didn't even mention Rue. Jeez. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Just remember Rue for next time. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. we're okay. going to turn this over to <laughs> Papa Newt. And um, hey, when you get three Mediterranean ladies together, we could talk for four <laughs> hours about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so take it away, Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour uh, with your host, Catherine Ironwood, and special co-host, Mama E. And this week's special guest, Miss Athena, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home contra uh, remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who signed up at the uh, the. Uh, still got a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers uh, by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a new read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. 
And our first caller is a return caller, uh, calling in from area code 323 in Los Angeles. This is Tiffany. Tiffany, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Welcome back to the show. I see that you were uh, you had a reading with us a few months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Things have, uh, have changed, but you're you're kind of giving us a report. But you're also this is about another situation that you're calling in today. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> and let's see. And you did have a reading with Miss Elvira too, and uh, on this mm-hmm. particular situation, is that correct? Um. Yeah. It's. I mean, the two situations are kind of um, merged. So, yeah. (laughs) Certainly. I'll go ahead and read your situation now. I met someone out of the blue who my reader confirmed I am supposed to be with. I know he wants to be with me, but things have been delayed. My reader established the family issue, uh, and I I am working on them. Uh, He has, but this is much more emotionally involved than I ever expected. I turn it back to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, I'm going to um, ask you a few questions. Number one, um, what is your sign of the zodiac, Tiffany? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. And what sign of the zodiac is the person? Uh, an Aries, I believe. An Aries. Okay. Well, that's but not a bad combination. There, there are two signs that get along fairly well together. Usually, the Aries is a little more dominant. The Aquarius is a little bit more mindful. But that's how it is. You know, they do make a nice pair. I question, just for my own knowledge, that uh, a reader who would tell you you are supposed to be together. Um, I, as a as a reader, I would never tell anybody that, and I would never want anyone to think I was saying that. And the reason I say that is because that takes away your free will. And I would say that there was a high compatibility, or that if things work out well, you will be well with each other. But I would never say someone is supposed to be with someone, because that would be to assume the role of God making arranged marriages, and I do not take the role of God. So... Leaving well, that's that, probably my my verbiage, not hers. Like that's probably willy nilly with words instead of I exactly. See. What okay, she good. That's good because, like I said, that's a little scary to me. Um, okay. But okay, so I'm going to um, do a, a three card <clears throat> reading on this, and I'm going to say you're saying that there's been delay, and there were family issues, and he has much more. Is much he's much more emotionally the the family issues are more emotionally involved than you ever expected. So no, I'm going to put um, three. Okay, no, well that's not quite exactly what it is. Like just to make it clear, it's just that um, he had a girlfriend when we met. I had just broken up with the guy that you guys did the reading for when we met. So you know my mind wasn't on meeting anybody or anything at the time, and clearly neither was his because he had a girlfriend. Between now and then, he's broken up with her. I've cut things off with the person. Um, and it's, I knew from the beginning when we met that he had family issues. Um, but it's like, we fell in love with each other. Like, okay, so you're one, not going to get so. your reading if you keep talking. Okay, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. so sorry. Okay. I mean, there's right a point where I have to cut you off because you called for a reading, not to tell your story to right. the world. Okay. okay. So I think I understand. So okay. I'm going to, uh, cut my cards and I'm going to do a three card reading on the situation okay. as I see it. Okay. Card number one is the Four of Wands. This is a card of a happy harvest festival, or we could call it a happy marriage. It's a card of a good meeting. It shows two people coming 
toward a canopy of fruits and flowers that are on stretched between four poles, and they're raising high more fruits and flowers and rejoicing at what God has given. They have friends around them, and um, there's sort of a party atmosphere. It's a very good card. It is can be seen as a card of marriage. It can also be seen as a card of timing that from midsummer, which is where we're at now, up through fall, which is the time of the fruits and flowers, that this is a beautiful time for you and that you should make as much progress as you can together during this time. Possibly uh, things will be culminating as you get toward uh, the fall equinox. This is actually usually considered to be a... um, but uh, the cross-quarter day between the the um, uh, uh, summer solstice and the fall equinox. So that's the time that this is very good. It's high tide. It's a it's a you know green growth. It's and it can be a, a good for a marriage. That's not a bad card. It doesn't say you're going to get married for sure, but it shows you're on the right track, and that this person could be someone definitely someone for you. Then we have the middle card, and the middle card is a bit of a problem card. And this is a card that is called the Knight of Swords. And if you were to look at these cards like a little comic strip, this guy is rushing from right to left, kind of on his horse, rushing toward this this couple. And he looks desperate, and his horse looks very desperate, and he's spurring his horse, and he's got his sword out. This usually would indicate the partner in the situation, And I would think that there is some problem here. Disorganization, lack of focus, an inability to commit because of difficulties from the past. The person might want to rush ahead, being an Aries, but also might have difficulties that uh, that are still surrounding. It does not speak well for the partner's organizational skills. Compared to an Aquarius, who's usually very organized, there's some problems here of focus. We call it the disorganized night. I would also be cautious that this person treats their own body well. The knight is spurring his horse, and the horse represents the body. This person could be overdoing it or overtaxing uh, in such a way as to be uh, not not um, healthy in an underlying structural way. Um, The third um, card tells me that there is still some good potential. No matter that that card is in the middle, there still is good potential. So um, that is a card that is called the Nine of Cups. And this shows a little feast at a banquet table. There's a host who's invited people and set up nine golden cups and says come and get it i have everything preset here for you it can be a party again it can be a marriage it is something that is the fulfillment of some form of social integration of the couple it's a it, it we call it the happy host the host is hosting a party so this would indicate to me that you would do well to become more socially integrated with the family members rather than trying to pit the person against their family or stand up for them against their family, to try to be inclusive. This is about being inclusive and loving to everyone. And that might be difficult, um, but uh, you should try to bring everyone together in sweetness and happiness. 
All right. Now we're going to have Athena do your reading, a second reading, and then after that, Mama E will do your root work. Wonderful. Thank you. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Um, Hi. I read the Lenormand, um, which is a different system than the cards that Ms. Kat was just reading. I'm also pulling cards from a Greco-Turkish deck in keeping with today's theme, and that's called Deste. So uh, a lot of these cards may be unfamiliar um, to you, but I'll just tell you the story that that I'm reading in them. Uh, And my first card was it gave me a lot of optimism because it was the heart, and that shows love. And the rest of the story plays out very much as Miss Cat just articulated in that there's a lot of uh, initial very happy feelings, attraction, affection, all of those good things that are all surrounding the two of you from the start. So you're off to a good start. But I do see also him being a bit indecisive, a bit unclear of his path, not necessarily uh, as a result of anything to do with your relationship. I think this is a general characteristic where he is unfocused. He's lacking clarity. He's lacking a firm commitment on where to go next, how to um, resolve things that have happened in the past and move forward in the future with confidence. So he's feeling a little stuck here, a little bit of feet of clay uh, as you move forward. And it's not to do with uh, the relationship or be any kind of um, an editorial judgment on the relationship. It's just where he's at in his life. I do think that there's opportunities to move things forward. Is his mother involved in any way um, in his life and in influencing the kinds of decisions he makes for himself? Well, that's the reason, like, you know, that I had the thing about the mom because, she, like, his parents are divorced. He lives with his dad, and his mom is a, it's horrible to him. And mm. so she causes him a lot of issues, and that's why, you know, um, Miss Elvira said I needed to handle her because she's a very, very, very bad influence on him. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was hoping that maybe I could pull him into my family instead of – you know, moving towards his family because his family is very, very unhealthy for him. But, of course, mm-hmm. most people don't want to believe that, you know, your mother, of all people, is horrible to you. Right. Um, sure, sure. Well, so. she's, she's kind of shot him. She's shot him through full of holes. And, right. And this is affecting his confidence. He's having difficulty really standing up for himself and feeling confident in himself. He has a good idea of what he wants overall, meaning he wants to be in a loving relationship. He wants happiness just like everyone does. But he's having difficulty allowing himself to go out and get it and move forward with confidence along that path. So, um, you know, to to help resolve this, certainly, you know, his his relationship with his family is a hindrance here. Bringing him closer into yours may help, but his family is not going away. So I do see that that's going to be a bit of the problem moving forward. Um, He... He has feelings for you. You have feelings for each other. That's not the situation here. The situation is what's going on in his mind and how he's being affected by external influences. I do think right. you have a good prospect for success if you can help resolve some of these um, some of these interferences. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Sure. Okay. Well, let's see um, what Mama E has to offer in the way of root work. And uh, mm-hmm. in keeping with, with the reading. Okay. Well, um, hi, Michelle. Uh, what I feel that uh, you need to do first is a love and crossing bath. Uh, I feel that 
possibly uh, mother-in-law is not um, thinking the best thoughts of you or him at this point. So a love and crossing bath will help you clear any negativity that is obstructing the possibility of a relationship for you. And okay. uh, it looks like this fellow is um, it's a good a good prospect, let's put it this way, a good prospect for you. So um, here's a little recipe of what to do uh, for a bath. Um, take some bay, bay leaves, okay. anise seed, okay. rose petals, mm-hmm. red rose petals always, okay. lavender, <clears throat> and hyssop. Okay. And make a little tea with it and then strain all the earth and take, uh, you know, a, a hoodoo bath. Uh, okay. And you know that those are not uh, the baths that you take in the tub. You dump these over you. So um, light two little tea lights on each side of the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And after you take your shower... Then you move the water away from you, and you take the tea that you brewed and add a little bit of the shower water to make it, you know, a nice temperature, and then pour it over you and wipe yourself down to take away any negativity that you might have on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you choose to, you can read the uh, 23rd Psalm. Uh, uh, otherwise, just pray from your heart that things will clear in your way and that you will be able to have the relationship that you desire with this man. Now, following that, and by the way, when you take a, a, a thumb bath, you're supposed to air dry. So right. don't just rub everything off. So you air dry and then you wear light color clothes. Okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. you know to dispose of the shower water because you're supposed to collect a little bit of that water that came off your body and throw it over your left shoulder, uh, possibly by a crossroads. If you can't find a crossroads, do it outside on the street where nobody sees you. Okay. That's I mean right. an emergency. Now, uh, get some come to me oil and uh, anoint yourself with come to me oil and you know the way I do it I put it on my wrist under my wrist you can do it on top of your feet and then do it by your heart and wear that every day do a little dab of come to me oil now another thing that I think you should have is a small red mojo bag and you can make your own mojo bag if you happen to have some of his hair or get it and put in the mojo bag his hair and put a little bit of your hair in there. You can either, you can also put a a photo of both of you, a small photo and fold it and put it in there too. And anoint that photo with the come to me oil. Use that come to me oil for many things. Then inside the bag, you can put rose petals again Calamus. Calamus is very important because you want to make him come to you. Mm-hmm. Get 
a little bit of bohog, which is also called lovage. Okay. And then get a Queen Elizabeth and a High John, a small one, and anoint them with the oil before you put them in the little red module. Okay. Close that module, anoint it in five spots with the come to me oil. You pray on that mojo, and you talk to that mojo, and you tell him that you want him to come to you and be there for you and carry it with you next to your skin for a week. And then after a week, you can put it in your pocket, you can put it in your purse, but do not allow anyone to see it or touch it. That's your secret mojo. Okay? Okay. One thing that I tell my clients, get another bag and put it over your mojo. Put your mojo inside another bag. So if anyone sees the bag, they won't be looking at your mojo. They're looking at another right. bag. Okay. <laughs> Just see it. Okay? That's wonderful. So that's, yeah, that's my my spell for you. Wow. Okay, thank that's you really, that. yeah, that's really good. You're welcome. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say something, but I would do on this just the only thing I might do a little bit. I would take mm-hmm. the Queen Elizabeth root and the John the Conqueror root, and I have been known to take soft wax and press them together, and then just wrap, mm. wrap, wrap, wrap with red thread and wrap them together, red, and make, red, you know, red. they're tightly That's a together. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Really? The other thing. Okay. I, the other thing I do, well, I learned all this from the lady in Chicago. I call the red thread lady. She wrapped everything in red thread, and she always said it had to be a brand new spool that no one had ever used. She was this old—that was her thing—little bobbin spool, and you use the whole bobbin spool, not a big spool, but you oh, know, Lord. the whole thing. Yeah, oh, that wow. was her thing. Wow, uh, she was good. Now the other one is your photos. If you have a photo of the two of you together, fold it together. Some people will put a little bit of yes. oil or a little honey. If you don't, if you have just two separate photos, take four safety pins. And little, the little tiny gold safety pins, and pin them together at the four corners so he can't escape. Those are Ooh, my mm. additions. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much to all of you. I definitely have some great stuff to do now. So. Yeah. Um, well, is there is there any other um, ideas that you have, Athena? You know, the only thing that I was thinking of is I keep focusing on the mother because she came up in both decks Mm -hmm. of cards as being a huge influence, and perhaps something you can consider is to put him and his mother in a honey jar and Mm -hmm. add some balm of Gilead (laughs) to try and smooth over any of their past arguments and disagreements and hurts so that their relationship can get a little bit better and she can Mm -hmm. maybe back off a bit more if you do that. So it's just an idea to flank the kind of work that Mama E just gave you, uh, which is terrific in strengthening your bond with him. And I would add bloodroot. Um, yes. Because bloodroot is for families that are tied by blood, and maybe, you know, just, in other words, do that as a gentle goodness for mm-hmm. them. Do it as a mitzvah. Do it as a favor for them, you see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's fantastic. All right. Well, let's turn this over to Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at ReadersAndRootWorkers.org. 
and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is a, a first-time caller, has been listening to the show since uh, uh, since January of this year, uh, from area code 714 in Orange, Orange County, California. This is Jess. Jess, are you there? Hello. Hello, Hello, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. And now I do see here that you have never had any private readings with Mama E, Conjurement Ali, or Miss Cat, but you do have Angela Marie Horner as your regular reader. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, wonderful. And she writes, I'm, I'm quitting my full-time job to get my paralegal certification this summer. It only, uh, it's only a quarter term and will need to find a new job ASAP when I finish the program. I would like uh, a reading and root work on what I can do to successfully get a job in my new field when I finish the program in September. All right. Well, we have a, a an interesting situation here, Jess, so I'm going to just uh, speak for a moment. We could do a reading on this, but mm-hmm. um it really looks like you're you're looking for a reading and root work. So, um I'm not sure what kind of a reading you need if you're actually asking for root work. You know what you want and um you know, we, it's a you. You call it Mama E, but I would just jump into root work on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with well, the root work. Then. Okay. Um, um. Okay. I had a really cool cartoon. <laughs> oh, sorry. The, so, if you would like to tell me the reading, that's fine as well. I'm I'm fine with either way, honestly. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, what I see here, I I pull. I usually pull nine cards. And um, my first card is the one that gives me the the whole flavor of the reading. And in your case, I got the hangman, which makes sense because right now you're kind of in a quandary. Um, Now, if I understand correctly, you want to start a business, correct? I'm sorry, what was that? No, she wants to to get a full-time – she's quitting her full-time job to get – paralegal certification. In other words, she wants to become a paralegal. Okay. I thought she wanted to start a business, a paralegal uh, or something. Okay. Well, uh, the cards that I get for you are actually pretty good. Um, I get the Nine of Cups, which is your wish card, but I also get the High Priestess. Now, the High Priestess is about using your intuition. Um, for your uh, future, for your future uh, work. Now, you're in a 714 area, so you're here in Orange County, correct? Yeah. Okay. Are you considering uh, moving from Orange County? Because I get the three of ones, and that is someone that is considering uh, relocating. Oh, my God, yes. Um, me and my husband talked about it after uh, I get my certification, like next year or the year after. Okay. Okay. So right now what I got for you is that you're leaving the job, that you're very upset with the way they were treating you at the job, and then here is your husband at the top, the King of Cups, right there with you. 
Well, beneath uh-huh. that is where I've got the Nine of Cups, which is your wish card. And right uh-huh. now you're, you know, like hanging in there waiting. Uh, but you're going to do fine. You're going to do really well. And both of you will be relocating. Once you relocate, then you will have many new decisions uh, in your future that to take. And there's a, a younger man, uh, a king of wands. And the king of wands, I mean, not the king, the knight of wands. The knight of wands is someone that will be uh, in your future and is a very passionate man that will help you get established once you start looking for a job. Um, you will start a brand new career because I got the death card, which is actually an end to something and a beginning to something else, and the Ten of Pentacles. And the Ten of Pentacles is a wonderful card. My goodness, you got all the great cards. You got the mm-hmm. Ten of Pentacles, which is about uh, family and and friends and money all surrounding you. So wherever you're going to go, I have a feeling there's going to be someone there that will help you to get going, maybe family or friends. And then after that, the Ten of Cups, which is also another fantastic card of things coming your way. So actually, your decision to study and move on was the correct decision. You will relocate. You will have support. Your husband is right there with you. So yes, ma'am, you have done the right thing. Oh you my have God. done the right thing. Yes. Good. It, it wow. looks wonderful for you. Yes. So that's, okay. That's a relief. Well. Let's get a reading from Athena and see what she I, has I, to say. Yeah, I wonder if Mama E was reading my cards, you know, as you were speaking, oh, I was laying mine out. And <laughs> the very That's first awesome. card I laid out, uh, which also does set the tone for, for the reading, was the ship. And that is the card of movement, lo- relocation, travel, et cetera. So there's definitely going to be, uh, it looks like there's going to be some movement uh, and, and relocating involved in you settling into your new role. Um, so I see that definitely happening. When we talk about this man who may be instrumental in helping you get moving, it looks like this is a friend who has a sense of commitment to helping you. So maybe it's somebody who's repaying a past favor or somebody who just feels obligated in their ability to help you to actually do so. So so look for a male helper who's going to help you settle in and also find the right opportunity for you. I also would suggest that you do a lot of networking and socializing Mm -hmm. because right in your area of immediate control, we have the garden, which is a social card, card of networking, social social networking, getting involved in groups associated with um, the paralegal profession. You're going to find opportunities through a social network. And, uh, and connections that are going to help you move along towards your career. I do also see this as absolutely the right path for you because at the end here we have the key, and the key is the answer mm-hmm. to our question. So your your choice of career path, your choice with you and your husband of relocating to find your happiness, that is all going to be very instrumental in you finding your happiness. So you're on the right road, and uh, look for the male helper and definitely get yourself involved in more networking opportunities to expand your chance of finding just the perfect job for you. But I do see it happening. Oh, great. All righty. So, yeah, Shiva said something in the chat room. This has got to be one of the most positive pair of readings ever on our show. Well, I don't know about ever. Crazy. This is very (laughs) crazy positive. you got lots of good, good going on here. 
So I'm going to add um, some root work advice to you. If you're going to be in the paralegal field, I would like you to undertake a little pilgrimage. I would like you to get graveyard dirt from the graves of seven famous workers in the legal field. I cannot speak for who will float your boat or who they might be, but I want you to get the graveyard dirt of seven um they could be justices, they could be judges, they could be just people who handed down legal decisions or wrote legal decisions. You don't have to travel far to find seven good ones in the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. Do your research and make a pilgrimage. Okay. Now, when you get the graveyard dirt of each of these ones, I want you to pay for that graveyard dirt, and I want you to use um, three coins. And these, I, I, I don't usually ask for people to get fancy special coins from a coin shop, but in this case, I do want you to get fancy special coins. I want you to find out the seven graveyards you go to, or the seven graves you go to, find out what time period they lived. Okay? Use Wikipedia. Let's say the person lived between 1880 and 1953. Okay? You want a coin minted sometime in that time period. It doesn't matter what denomination, and it doesn't matter if it's in good condition. It would be particularly good if it was a very patriotic coin, such as a Walking Liberty or a Morgan Dollar or something that had a nice, you know, firm feeling to it. But it could be a penny. But I want it to be minted from a time that they lived through. And you're going to give each one of these seven graves a coin that's appropriate to their um, you know, if it has an eagle on it, so much the better, you know. And um, and then you're going to take a little of their graveyard dirt for just one coin. This isn't the usual three-coin thing because you're getting three, you're getting seven very special coins. And you bury that and take the uh, dirt. You want to take it from the head of the grave, okay, from the head of the grave because you're going to be asking for their mental help. And each of these little graveyard dirts, you're going to put into a separate little container that you're going to sew or make of leather. Um, You're going to hand do this. This is handcrafting. Seven little tiny sewn bags. The amount need not be more than would fit on your thumbnail. Just a little bit. And You're going to sew it in, and you're going to end up with seven little bits, each one separate, and you're going to put each of these little balls, or whatever you want to call them, into Um, a bag. Now, if you're not very crafty, you can take soft wax and just mix the graveyard dirt into the wax until you have a ball that just holds together because the wax is holding it together. Mm -hmm. But I would like them to be separate. And you're going to put them into um, a bag. And with that, you're also going to put your name and your prayer. Uh, May these seven justices, these seven judges, whatever you want to call them, these seven legal shining lights, um, protect me and watch over me in my career. And you write this and sign it with your name. And you name them, of course, May so-and-so and so-and-so. So you name all seven of them. Um, and you put that paper in the, fold it up in the little bag. Make This is going to be a very small bag. It's not a huge mojo bag. But it is a mojo bag. Uh, wear it on your skin. Again, wear it for seven days. And then you may keep it among your legal papers. You may wear it on yourself. You may... Um, Put it anywhere where your desk is, where, you know, um, I know people who will take such a thing and duct tape it up into their drawer so no one can see it at work. 
Um, but that is, those are your seven spirits of the law, one for every day of the week. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Now, um, and uh, she wrote duct tape it under their drawer. No, I mean in your drawer when you get a, when you get an office. What I'm saying is, pe- I know people that do that under their drawer or in their drawer. All right. Does um, anybody else, uh, Athena? Do you have anything to add to that? I couldn't possibly add to that. That was magnificent, fantastic <laughs> work. But yeah, that was really great. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, uh, I mean, not about root work, but maybe she wants to get a setting of light of uh, road opener just ah, to make very sure good. everything goes. Yeah, and yes, and there well. was something else. Wait a minute, you touched on something. Was it Athena in mm-hmm. the Deste cards mm-hmm. drew a key? Someone asked were they Lenore. Mm-hmm. No, they are Deste cards. Look them up. D E S T E. In the she got a both. key. Ah, very mm-hmm. good idea. Add a key to that. Uh, I would actually tie the bag closed and tie a little tiny skeleton key that you would anoint and with road open around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put mm-hmm. that key on the outside of the bag. You know, use that as sort of like a decoration on the bag. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Like open that. your roads. Yeah. yeah. And um, mm-hmm. thank you, Athena. That's good. Yeah. Um, that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that kind of work is um, is guaranteed to get, have you have spirit helpers with you all the time. Now, I'm, I'm always asked questions. If I go to these graveyards, how do I get in without getting caught? Bring some flowers. Um, bring your little yeah. scraper tool <laughs> underneath the flowers. Come during business hours at the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, if mm-hmm. if they have a mausoleum and there's no dirt, what do I do? Get dirt from the four corners of the mausoleum. Um, there's all these questions people ask. If you have questions about graveyard work, um, just ask in the Lucky Mojo forum or ask any root worker. They'll tell you ways to. What about if they're in a columbarium and it's all stone and I can't um, I can't do it? Well, you know, just scrape off that a little bit off that cement or find exactly. somebody else who's yeah. got a little bit of dirt. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a dust d- dust that builds up in the mortar in the columbarium. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of ways to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and Anna Gabriella. Hi, Anna Gabriella. She's kibitzing us <laughs> in the chat log. She said, wear crown of success also. Absolutely. What a good idea. Road opener and crown of success. Thank you, Anna Gabriella. She's a great root worker herself. And um, crown of success, you can put a little of that on your head if you want to. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a. These are always different ways to work. And um, and of course, uh, Shiva says, what about court case? I wouldn't use court case for this until I got some court mm-hmm. cases. But then I would always yeah. use court case on that. This is for success in a career that is a specific career. Um, those the graveyard dirt is enough. You could you could sure you could put a little bit of court case oil on it, but really that's usually if you're pleading a case rather mm-hmm. than being a judge. Mm-hmm. Maybe King Solomon wisdom, because King Solomon was a judge. Yeah. That would be a little bit more appropriate than court case. You can make a little blend. Mm-hmm. We sell these four ounce um, root worker specials where you can blend them. For instance, if you wanted to for this case, you might say um, road opener. And we had Crown mm-hmm. of Success, King Solomon Wisdom. Hey, throwing court case, you've got a nice blend for a legal career. Mm-hmm. You get four ounces of that, and you can burn a candle and dress it with that any time you want to. That's called a root worker yeah. special, four-ounce special. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm, oh, Nikki Muse. Oh, Lady Muse just added Just Judge. That's a good one, too. If you are a um, if you're a Catholic, um, you might uh-huh. want to use... Uh, uh, that that's a that's a super one. Just judge is is absolutely right. special 
yeah, yeah. All right, those oil blends are are very good. Now, when you go to apply for a, a job, uh, do wear the crown of success. When you're on your new mm-hmm. job, make sure you you know you dress your feet as you go in, the soles of your feet. Uh, steady work is a good one, or or this little custom blend. Dress the soles of your feet and rub the palms of your hand the first day you go to work. Everything you touch will turn your way. I am in complete agreement with them that you need to relocate as part of this upward-bound trajectory. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have mm-hmm. to move to Wyoming. You might move <laughs> to Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds great. Thank you. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, oh, oh gosh, people are just, just popping up mm. in the chat room. we got all these great yeah. people in the chat room. Um, Luminaria Star says, deer's tongue is perfect perfect for this. Yeah. Absolutely. Deer's tongue will make you um, uh, more eloquent in court. What a great oh, idea. Master root mm-hmm. to master the court. These are all little things you can carry on you and, and put it in the blend. Make a blend with those. And that would be perfect, says Lady Muse. Gosh, we've got some great tibbetsers here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. she right. can add herbs to that mix of oils, and she can add the deer stone into the oil and just have it in that, there already. That's yeah. right. That's so, right. Yeah. And um, and I I do see a good future here. I mean, the cards were very mm-hmm. positive. And um, yeah. check back with us after you, you know, when you get farther along in this. If you need help in relocating or if you um, have uh, further questions about a choice between two jobs, we'd be glad to help you and give you some idea mm-hmm. about that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, we we seem to have um, wrapped that one up in, in uh, no time. <laughs> and um, oh, Nikki Muse, I love this. Lady Muse just... She's reading off on the side, and she's a great psychic reader. She said, success is your destiny. You are empowered. What a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to say. Um, That's it. And and uh, Lady Muse um, has been a guest on her show many times. She has a church called the House of Self-Empowerment, and she's a great mm-hmm. one to, uh, to tell people, you are empowered. Absolutely. She's very inspirational. She's a very mm-hmm. inspirational she person. Yes. yes. She, she, has, she has her her own show as well. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have a, a minute or so here, actually, and I'm going to just um, jump in with a couple of little ideas here. If you haven't bought the red folder yet and you like what you're hearing here, um, Papa Newt and Mama E and Lady Muse and Miss Athena and me are all people who have contributed to this brand-new book called The Red Folder, 136 pages of solid wall-to-wall spells and divination. The cost is $12, and it's a brand-new book. If you haven't ordered it, you can order it at Amazon, or you can order it at Lucky Mojo, Mm -hmm. or at any good metaphysical bookstore. It's called The Red Folder. All right. Right. And give it as gifts. I gave it to my workers as gifts. Yeah, and uh, if you Uh, like it and buy it at Amazon, write a good review. Uh, Okay, now comes our network schedule announcement. Let's get that going on. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, 
the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7, all time specific, add 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Time for our free spell segment with Miss Athena of GothamConjure.com in New York City. Take it away, Miss Athena. Thank you, Papa Newt. Um, thank you all for inviting me today. I had a wonderful time. And what I have for you today is a recipe that draws on the herbal traditions of Mediterranean folk magic. And this is for protecting your home against negative energy or evil spirits. And so what you're going to do is you're going to combine together the following ten ingredients. We have dried basil, marjoram, lemon leaf, rosemary, oregano, spearmint, bay leaf, cloves, chamomile, fennel seeds. Oh, I'm sorry, rosemary and oregano. No, you know what? I I, I messed that up. I'm very, very sorry. Rosemary and oregano were in my original recipe that goes on for like 15 ingredients. You can add them if you'd like. We can make this even bigger. Um, Fennel seeds, black cumin seeds, and also dittany of Crete, which we just spoke of. Uh, Certainly in hoodoo and in traditional magic, it's used for love drawing. But in the Mediterranean, it's also considered a very powerful protection herb it was sacred to the hunter goddess artemis and it was believed that the herb could protect against wounds inflicted by arrows so we use this in protection magic as well so what i'd like you to do is is consider this an all-purpose herbal mix you can steep it into a tea put it in a bath for protection you can add it to a floor wash uh, as a tea burn it on uh, incense dress candles think about all the ways that you can use crushed herbs and you can use this mix. My personal favorite way to work with this is as a home protection. What I do is write the name of each person in the home in red ink on a lemon leaf. And we spoke of lemon leaves earlier, very symbolic of the eye. Use one Mm -hmm. leaf per person, and I also include pets because pets are people too, and they need our protection. (laughs) They belong in the home uh, and under protection. Put these leaves at the bottom of a small bowl, And to this, you're going to add the herbal mixture on top of the leaves. And in those herbs, you're going to bury three items that are considered very protective in Mediterranean folk magic. A whole clove of garlic, Mm -hmm. an iron nail or spike, because iron is protective against evil. You're going to have the pointy tip facing your front door. And a blue eye charm against the evil eye. It can be either one of those little blue eyes that we see in the Mediterranean. It could be the Hamsa hand, uh, the the Chimaruta, whatever symbolic uh, image you have, uh, an icon that you have against the evil eye and against evil spirits. Add that, bury that into this mixture. And just keep it by your front door to keep away negative energy or evil spirits. I always keep this going. I will top it off. I will refresh it as needed. Sometimes I dress it with St. Michael oil for added protection. You can dress it with fiery wall of protection if you want to do that. It is an all-purpose herbal mix. You could also do the traditional Mediterranean and Greek um, spell and put that into a protective amulet. Add it into a red mojo bag, carry that around with you. 
if you do that, put in a whole garlic. Don't put in a rusty nail because you don't want to stab yourself, but you can put in a charm as well. And carry that with you. Put it in your glove box. Put it over your home doorway. Keep it in your office, wherever you want that kind of protection. Okay, so there you have it. It's a simple but very powerful spiritual protection with thousands of years of Mediterranean magic behind it. Wow, that's Wonderful. that's really great. So this is the potpourri as, as mm-hmm. magical protection. Exactly. And, um, it looks just I'm like gonna, potpourri. Yeah, I'm going to add one thing about this, which comes from Jewish tradition. As in Jewish tradition, we do not use such a such a herbal mix. We don't usually dress it with oils. We want to hear smell the natural mm-hmm. scent. Um, yeah. You can keep it in a closed container. In the Jewish tradition, you could do that. And but then when it loses its scent, you can refresh it, shuffle it up, you know, fluffle it up. Mm-hmm. But you can also then either throw it out into nature around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to save those charms. Well, the garlic may get a little old, but you're yeah. going to save the nail and the eye charm. And mm-hmm. um, and you could also, another way to work, which is more African-American, would be to brew it into a tea and use the tea mm-hmm. to scrub your house, and especially mm-hmm. around the front door. So don't just consider it something to go in the garbage when it doesn't have a scent anymore. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Very good. Yeah. yeah, very good. Sounds great. And, if you, and nobody would know. Yeah, nobody would know that comes into your house that that is not potpourri. That's right. Nobody's ever questioned it. I, I've had no. it by my front door for years and years, and nobody's ever questioned it. Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty of it. It's very hidden but powerful. Yeah. yeah. One of the ways Wonderful. that people will disguise a magical potpourri is by putting some dried um, elements on top that make it look more festive, mm. such as pine cones. Um, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, heliochrysum, you know, with some sort of a um, dried straw flower. Just put, put a little mm-hmm. there, too. Why not? Yeah. But then but then everyone knows not to be touching it. They know not to be running mm-hmm. their fingers <laughs> through it. It doesn't look like mm-hmm. a bunch of mixed herbs. It's Now it's a potpourri. It's official. It has a pine cone and some straw flowers. So there mm-hmm. are ways to disguise <laughs> those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. the addition yeah, yeah. of the lemon leaves with the names of people is just an added protective a protective ingredient for individuals in the home too. So yeah, it, it works awesome. on many levels. Yeah. And yeah. that's another thing. If you if you're when you um want to make a fresh one and uh you know depending on your weather, your whatever, you know, your how your sense of smell, um the lemon leaves with the names on them will wash into that uh tea very well. That's always a good thing to do mm-hmm. to write names and it's called uh, bathing in prayers or washing with prayers. And so the 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 bay leaves that have been written on or lemon leaves that have been written on, both of which are used for protection. Also, some people will use other types of large leaves for protection. Mm-hmm. You write on them with red and then you just put them into the tea and let the let the name wash into the water. Um, mm-hmm. And that's good. Another thing I do with such a spell, and I have a slightly different spell, but it also is protective, and it also has a sharp, pointy, um, protective element that when I enter, I always say thank you as I walk by it. Mm-hmm. I I say thank you to the spirit there embodied. So whether mm-hmm. it's St. Michael or whatever it may be, you yep. may say thank you. Some people yeah. will do this and put a St. Michael statue up behind it, you know, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. a little more obvious. Most people kind of know who St. Michael is, but you know, if you want to put it. But always say thank you. Is my, my rule is always say thank you because you're walking past that armed guard, and you have to say yes. thank you for passing and not get, you know, it's mm-hmm. they're guarding you. Right? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Right. Yes, I thank I thank the herbs as I as I include them in the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving your life That's for right. my protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way to work. I love that. And uh, as she said, there's a few more that you could add. I mean, you know, there's no yeah. there's no um, one number that's the right number of herbs to right. use. Mm-hmm. Use what you've got. Right. And that is protective. If you have any questions about protection herbs, you can go to the book I wrote, Hooter Urban Root Magic, and look in the back. There's a whole mm-hmm. page on herbs for protection. Or you can go to Lucky Mojo Forum, ask Miss Athena, and she'll give you a list as long as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Knows. Happy to. She knows. That's, what we, that's what we do. All righty. Well, thank you so much, uh, Miss Athena, and thank you so much, Mama E, for co-hosting. Oh, thank you. I hope it was painless. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> I was having technical difficulties. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I well, got through the technical difficulties. Thank good. God. Good. <laughs> well, good. And uh, and and thanks to everybody in the chat. Um, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to read our announcements, and we're all going to come back at the end, and we're all going to say goodbye. Thank you, Miss Kat, and thank you, Mama E, for being our special co-host, and thank you, Miss Athena of GothamFounder.com in New York City for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us the topic on tarot reading tips. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo. Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Mama E at conjuredoctor.com in Los Angeles, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to join us once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Vault. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you and good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Bye bye.